Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. I mean, nothing's sacred these days, is it, really? Wow. You know, you could... Wow. Well. Phi is like the god ratio or the god fucking something. So I'm not saying here's why sacred geometry is so sacred. I'm saying why the fuck were they talking about it? What if God was a geometric pattern? Science and religion, there's no divide, it coexists, there's no issue, and everyone should chill out. Um, it's a lot better chill talking out. about it. Just chill out. <laughs> what was it again? It's like a line that goes wiggly over wide. What's it showing? In the, the, the end, it's <laughs> Whenever you're ready, mate. Hello, and welcome to Weird Tales and Explainable. This is me, your host today, Tiz. <laughs> They're looking at the waveforms. <laughs> so loud. Sorry. With me, as always, today, laughing in the corner. Beefy Bit V. And? Uh, this is Bob Shoy. Bobby McShoy. Yep. How's it going? Bob's yes, just got back from Sri Lanka. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. In in my clock right now, it's it's like two thirty in the morning. Really? So I'm like feel tired. What happens in the future? Uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't want to affect anything. It rains. <laughs> we talked about dangers of time travel already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't know too much. Did you eat curry every day? Yeah. 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 Is it good? Yeah, yeah. It was really delicious. What's Literally it? everyone there just eats veg- vegetable curry like all the time. So it is delicious. It is delicious. Yeah, yeah. Had banana curry. Oh, right. Yeah, nice. yeah. Sounds good. Is the curry anything to compare to our sort of curry houses we have here? Well, it's not like Indian curry. No. It's They use coconut in like everything. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of country. Yeah. Everything's got coconut in it. Amazing. Um, Mate, a lot of it was vegan friendly. You'd have like been in your element. Amazing. Yeah, and every we stayed in a lot of homestays as well, so it was like the hosts were cooking for us. Yeah. A lot of the times we stayed, it was like two rooms in the house, us and like maybe another couple in another room. Hmm. And um, we'd all just gather around, they'd call us in the kitchen, show us them cooking, do you want to see how to cook it? All eat, bring out loads of food, amazing. Cool. Proper like, in with the families every day. Nice. wonder if we've got any listeners in Sri Lanka. I'd love it if we did. 
<laughs> so I do, I do just want to say um, to listeners, our last few episodes, not weird news, the, the ones before that. Yeah. Um, mega popular. Lots of great feedback. <laughs> but not weird news. Not weird news. That was rubbish. That was like, we've got to Always be rubbish. We chucked out like a 30 minute long weird news that started with Tiss. Um, yeah, we sort of insulted them by chucking that episode out. Yeah, but sorry. Before that, like the, the Amityville, the Synesthesia, yeah. the Weird Brain, like those three in particular in a row, mm. like they were really popular. And uh, lots of really great feedback from everyone. So thanks for that. And also, I just found out how to read reviews from other countries on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. So thanks to everyone who, since we started, has been reviewing from anywhere other than the UK. Because I had little scroll through and catching up on all the reviews we've had. And uh, some really nice stuff. That's very exciting. So, And if you haven't reviewed us on iTunes... Go and do it because that is really helpful. We'll actually read them this time. Yeah, and I know how to do it this time. And I've got email. I've got email notifications on them now. Real or rebs. So, how many countries have you checked them in? Just Australia and I checked United Australia, States. Canada, America, Australia. You said Australia. Twice. Okay, Australia. Yeah. Australia, <laughs> Canada, Australia, Australia, America, Canada, England. I might have just been them four. Australia. I was at the airport. And definitely Australia. Okay. <laughs> Australia three times. I think there was only one from Canada. Really? Yeah. Who was that from? I don't know. I can't remember. If it was you in Canada, thanks. If it was you, email in. Or actually, we'll just check. Only one review out. in all of that, though. Only one. one. Check me but it was a two-star review. Yeah. It was like a very generous bad review. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I hate them all. They're rubbish. They don't know anything about anything. <laughs> Shove their viewpoints on everyone. Two-star. <laughs> That's not a bad review, though. Yeah, That's just honesty. It's <laughs> like, like when you go on TripAdvisor and you're looking at hotels. And like when we got to our room, there was shit all over our bed. Uh, the breakfast was terrible. And the room was really unclean. Four stars. <laughs> yeah. Just give it one. Don't be so scared. I left a really shitty review. Uh, when really? I got home on booking.com. Really? The place I stayed was called Off the Shy, mm-hmm. and I did a review that said, stay in any other place. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, I put Off the Shy, more like Off the Shite. <laughs> <laughs> I was so uh, angry, but I was so proud of my pants. <laughs> there were ants everywhere. What? Yeah, and I was so hungry. We didn't have any dinner. There was no restaurant nearby, so I took snacks. I thought you were about to say you ate the ants. Yeah, yeah. And then I put the food on the side. This is the last night I needed to eat. Went back 20 minutes later, covered in ants, nothing to eat. <laughs> the room stunk. Like, the bathroom stunk. I put in my review, bullet point two, the bathroom smelled awful. Yeah. And then, like, further down, it's like, bullet point seven. The smell in the bathroom was so bad. <laughs> I just kept bringing it back again. <laughs> <laughs> I've never read it. I've never left a bad review. I've never left a good review either. When we stayed, so we just went to Bournemouth for a couple of days over the weekend. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, I didn't see that. We were looking at TripAdvisor and really good reviews. And then, like as I scrolled through, as one person, like breakfast was terrible. Mm. I I hate everything about it. I really, really didn't like the bacon, but I don't like bacon. <laughs> yeah, you like. Yeah, you're not going to please them, then, are you? Well, that's going to be <laughs> the bacon was horrible, and I don't even usually like bacon. Yeah, I usually <laughs> hate bacon, and this was horrible bacon. Yeah. I left a mediocre review from somewhere that had a hole in the mosquito net. A mediocre review? <laughs> yeah, six. It was a good place, really good location. Six. But there was a hole in the mosquito net over the bed. Right. And that was the one night I got fucking bitten. What's the point having a net that's got a hole in it? I've never... Ah, oh, reviews. I don't get them. They make sense, though. I only went on to do some reviews because 
a couple of the people who I stayed with were so helpful and awesome. Yeah. And they're really trying to make a livelihood out of it. And they're yeah. doing it out of their way. And they said, if you could just leave me a review when you get back, if you enjoyed it, it would really help me. Yeah. And he was like, because the guy who asked was like, sleeping on the floor. He was like, I took out a massive loan to do two rubs up in my house. So they'd be good for visitors. Yeah. Brand new aircon, like everything amazing in them. Yeah. He was like, I'm sleeping on the floor. Yeah. His wife's like cooking for us every day. He's like driving us around. He rented a Jeep mm. so we could go on safari cheaper. And he took us himself. Um, like he was amazing. Like the best place I've ever stayed. He was just amazing. So I was like, well, the least I can do is give you a good review when I get home. Yeah. So I did that. And while I was logged in, I was like, right, and while I'm at it, other shy. (laughs) (laughs) I nearly gave a good review to a tour guide once, but I couldn't find him fast enough and then I had to log in. So I was like, oh, fuck this. Just long, isn't it? Problem with um, TripAdvisor is it is so subjective. And some of it is bullshit as well. And some people think their subjective opinion is objective. That's the problem. They speak objectively about something that's subjective. We went to this restaurant in Istanbul and it was supposed to be like the number one on TripAdvisor. And we went there and it was all right. I was like, it's not that good. Mm. And they would literally like stand outside the front of it being like, we're number one on TripAdvisor. We're number one on TripAdvisor, like in the street. <laughs> and then when you're in there, they're like, basically they say like, if you give us a good review on TripAdvisor, like right now on your tablet or on your phone, oh, right. they'll give you like a free drink or something at the end of the night. Oh, so they're basically buying it. Yeah. And a lot of companies are doing that now. So I'm finding these ones that are high up on TripAdvisor are normally not even as good as the ones that are like sort of, beginning of page two-ish mm. and you start getting the more unique places that aren't just full of everyone going I'm going to the number one place because mm. I used to always just be like well what's the best place I go there mm. one holiday and now I've started being like it doesn't work it doesn't a little work bit further that. down yeah 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 or I ask locals like everywhere I ate that wasn't someone cooking for me in Sri Lanka I was asking like the locals yeah. where's good to eat and you'd find the weirdest places mm. one of them was literally like the back room of someone's like shop and they had like two tables set up in there and she cooked for us and it was fucking amazing Really? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, what's today's t- What are we doing, Tissy? How much of that are we going to live in? All of it. All right, okay. So today, um, I've got to put a disclaimer in. It's going to be... Um, what's the word? So a lot of this is quite visual. Right. We're talking about the sacred geometry we're talking about. Right, okay. okay. I'm really excited. It's really interesting subject to me. I think the listeners will really like it. The one thing I'd recommend after this pod is watch the video that I'll be pulling from quite a bit mm-hmm. in full. It's like an hour and a half documentary. I've watched it like five times. And it's like every time you watch it, you get a new bit of information. It is fucking intense. Okay, recommendation of the week. But yeah, because it's sacred geometry, it's obviously quite visual. Well, I find on these episodes where we do rely on visuals a little bit more, mm. and I put the stuff on the blog, when I look at the stats for the blog, like people really do go on the blog on them weeks. Yeah. Because they do want to see, like when I did the, the one I'm thinking of is the ocean. Yeah. Had a yeah. lot of visuals on the ocean episode, but that week was the most busy week the blog's ever had. Yeah. Because people do want to see. Well, luckily people can like, I don't know, they could probably Google like flower of life and stuff like that just to get like the basic image if they're, you know, on the go and they can just see roughly what we're talking about, but... If they've got a basic grasp of these shapes, then they'll understand it. But it's a lot of the theory behind them anyway. And cool. it's just... Oh, cool. So this is going to be a bit of a trippy episode, maybe. Uh, intense. Just... Oh, yeah. I can't even explain it. I we love it. A bit of a trippy I love we it. did get a message from someone this week who said that they particularly loved your psychedelics episode. Oh, really? It was like the one that got them... Got them hooked. Yeah. And then that's like they're in their favourite one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you. Who was that? Uh, I haven't got the name to hand, but well, the thank you. Know you. You know who you are. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just going to start this video off. Okay, cool. Hey, this is Bob Shoy. Before Tiss starts playing this video, uh, I'm just jumping in because I noticed during the edit that there's 
Um, a little bit of not interference, but the quality of the video we play in this isn't the greatest. I think the microphone was too close to the speaker. Um, so it's it's not unlistenable. It's perfectly listenable. But I just thought I'd point out because we do draw from this video a lot on this episode. There's probably about 20 minutes in all space throughout the episode um, from this video. And when the, whenever the video is playing, you're going to get a little bit of background noise, a little bit of static, whatever. But it, it's nothing major. I just thought I'd let you know that. I do know about it, and next uh, next time it won't happen. Um, but I do want to just give a special thanks to um, Spirit Science, who is the original uh, YouTube creator of this video, which is a great documentary. And we do tell you throughout this episode, you know, go watch it after the episode, or well, we'll tell you later on when to watch it. But yeah, it's all going to be on the blog. It'll all we'll be there. Anyway, on with the show. The universe is infinite. It has no beginning and no end. In both science and religion, creation is often discussed from a perspective of having a set or a specific beginning. In science, we call it the Big Bang. This is the theory that says everything in the universe was compressed to the point of a single, infinitesimally small particle. Something we would perceive as unity, and then rapidly exploded and expanded outwards and created everything in the universe. In religion, it is generally called creation when God, or some all-knowing and all-seeing entity, being the only one imbued with such power, created everything, presumably in six days, before taking a well-deserved day off. Let's take a step outside the box for a second, and put these two sides of this cosmic coin into a Vesca Pisces. As usual, the two enemies that never got along actually have quite a lot in common. Both say that the universe started with unity and expanded outwards. Both say that light was an important factor in creation as well. If at the beginning of the universe we were one essence and somehow became everything, then both are saying the same thing, that we came from the same source. But wait a second, how can we make sense out of that statement, the universe is infinite, if we are measuring it from a sense of having a beginning? And this is what we're going to talk about now. If we value the pursuit of knowledge, we must be free to follow wherever that search may lead us. The free mind is not a barking dog to be tethered on a ten-foot chain. Today, I want to talk about two specific energies that can be expressed through this image. The energy that flows here is male and female energy. Male energy is focused, and female energy is creative and random. Neither of them is greater nor weaker than the other, and both can be extremely powerful when fully manifested. Female energy is the land of unbridled possibilities, creative potential, and affecting the universe from within. Focused male energy takes direct roads from point A to point B. This energy can be as strong as a tank, accomplishing tasks and going where it needs to go, with precision and without distraction. The important thing to know about this energy is in how they move. I'm going to use some super basic sacred geometry to demonstrate this. This is the Fibonacci spiral. We're going to be talking a lot more about it when we dive into the topic. For now, all you have to know is that it starts at 1, and flows outward forever in a very specific way, and is present in all life everywhere. As male energy flows through the spiral, it goes from base point to point, from here to here, to here to here. It doesn't curve, it just goes straight where it needs to be. Female energy, however, would flow in the actual spiral. It would go around, going in and around outside all the lines, but still getting to the same or similar results. This is the graphic representation of how it flows, but it also acts in the same way. From this understanding, you can see how we use these energies in our lives. It's the difference between driving straight to work and being on schedule all the time, and taking the scenic route because it's a more pleasant ride, even if it means being late. It's baking a cake strictly by what it says in the cookbook, and putting it together with what just feels right. 
It's getting that promotion for working the hardest and getting that promotion for coming up with the best ideas. Here's a relatable example. It's the difference between Inception and Sucker Punch. Both about dreams, but one of them being the masculine story of professional men just doing their no-nonsense work, trying to get the job done, and the other being the feminine story that was creative and random and, according to many, didn't make much sense. Both male and female energy, like the chakras, have their own traits. Male energy is linear, analytical, strategic, and practical. However, when male energy is constricted, it is very blundering and confrontational, and what tends to occur is not seeing all sides of a situation, or not being open to any other possibility other than the one being pursued. You can see a lot of that in today's society. Most commonly, we call it being closed-minded. Female energy, on the other hand, moves in curves. It does not stay inside the lines. It is creativity and movement and expression and emotion. It can do anything and go anywhere, but it has trouble sticking to schedule. If constricted, it can get out of its flow, running rampant between emotions and mood swings and ideas. The creativity could get jumbled and come out as an out-of-control mess. We don't have this widespread issue in today's society, and it has a lot to do with our brain hemispheres. We're going to look at that in a moment. One big difference between the two is that male energy looks at parts and female energy looks at holes. Before I go on, I want to make this clear. Male and female energy has very little to do with sexual orientation. Like, it's in the mix, but it's not a fundamental part of the energy itself. For example, if you look at the shape of male and female bodies, men have straighter bodies, women have curvier bodies. We'll probably come back to this in a lesson down the road. Okay, brain hemispheres. We have two of them. And if you remember what you learned in grade 10 biology, this will be familiar. The left brain is the male energy side of the brain. It is orderly, statistical, logical, and mathematical. It sees things in straight lines, rational, and practical. The right brain is the female energy side of the brain. It is our creative side, a free spirit. It is passion and experience of taste and feeling, movement and art. As is the same with the energy, the left brain cannot make sense out of the right brain. You cannot put feelings and expressions within boxes. They must be felt to be truly experienced. The right brain, too, cannot make sense about how the left brain understands things. Okay, so as a species, we are primarily left-brained. Well, incredibly left-brained. This basically means that, as a species, we essentially have a male energy imbalance. There is way too much of it. It is dominant, and it's constricting on the female side of the brain. Now, don't get me wrong, this isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. So before we get into geometry, that's just a sort of explanation of female energy, male energy. I was getting a little... I, I was finding it really interesting. All that I found really interesting, by the way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but then I was getting a little bit like, hmm, hmm, when he started talking about male and female energy. Mm. Until he, and then he literally answered what I was thinking about how it isn't actually to do with sexual orientation. No, no, no. Because I was like, well, that's a little bit like, this is this and this is this. Yeah, yeah. And then when he explained that, I was like... Okay, got it. Cool, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. It's just called male energy. It's just called it, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not actually, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like saying Because the way he was explaining, I was like, well, I know women that act more like that, and I know men that act more like that. Does yeah, that yeah. mean they are using the wrong energy? But it's, it's not... It's to do with a brain, hung brain hemispheres. male and female. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, Tai Chi uh, instructor used to say about having more... Trying to get more feminine energy, because mm -hmm. it's, like, good. It's, like, right brain. It's, like, creative. The other thing that uh, stuck out to me, um, at the beginning when they talked about the creation of the universe, it was really weird because before he said it, I was, just, I was thinking there really isn't that much difference between the scientific explanation for the start of the universe hmm. and the more like faith-led yeah, belief. Yeah. And then they, he literally said like there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh wow, I was just thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Th this, uh, this whole episode will go into that a lot about how there is literal similarities where the bible explains stuff and you can represent what the bible says in sacred geometry of how the universe was created so yeah. what is in layman's terms sacred geometry sacred geometry is geometric shapes that the universe sprung from shapes that were created 
during the creation of the universe and all of our life on earth sort of follows it like nature you can you can see uh sacred geometry in nature mm-hmm. uh, it naturally occurs in cells um we'll see in a bit like the the cells that created us like the force um circles is like a sacred geometry shape that's the thing that like how we came into existence right so like the universe is it can be described with these shapes. Wow. You can describe the whole universe. And that's interesting because the way you describe that almost is the same as that Big Bang thing that I was saying. It's almost like a scientific evidence as well as mm. can be construed as an evidence for faith. Yeah. Like some of the world's mm. been constructed. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Like you can it's take something from it no matter what your belief. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think like, the... I think the yeah, um, yeah when, when he said at the beginning about science and uh, religion being like enemies and then he went on to explain what he meant and he's like no they're, they're not at, you know yeah there's yeah. a lot that overlaps i think you i think that's what when i when i see quite i see quite a lot on facebook um people kind of saying that the religion is very um closed-minded and you know da 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 but they've got a really nuanced um understanding of it and actually mm. if you talk to a lot of people now who have a faith they their understanding of the universe is quite similar to people who who don't. So that was that was really interesting to see what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's it yeah, you kinda you need both and rather than having one and not the other. You need you know, it can they answer different questions in a way. Yeah, yeah. So Science is a religion in itself. It's like built on faith. Faith that we know what we're talking oh, about. Wait, wait, we got a lot of shit for saying that before. But it is. That was that Twitter attack. Like, what was about saying that like oh, he doesn't listen to religion. I'm not saying that. Oh no, I think he was having a go because we jump on science a little bit, which we, we probably don't. And I've had scientists message us saying like, "Hey, your scientists aren't all bad. You sometimes jump on us a bit." We only, I feel like we only jump on science because it doesn't get enough attack. People yeah, are, yeah. People are so quick to be like, "Science is right. Everything else is wrong." Yeah, yeah. And, you know, science answers a lot of things, but I think we're maybe a bit more attacking on science because no one else does it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you have your poke as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah they're not immune to being discriminated Yeah, against. and none of us sitting around this table are thinking, science isn't right about anything. Yeah. No, you know, no. It's yeah. answered it's done so many so much. amazing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The inventions that have come from science that have helped us in modern days, like, you know, but... So if any scientists are still listening... It's like, not infallible. We got you back too. Yeah. Uh, should we continue? Yeah, sure. This is going to go into the flower of life. The flower of life. And this, this is all about creation as well. Everything in the universe is geometric, whether it's people, trees, cats, planets, solar systems, stars, you name it. Anything in the universe can be measured on a geometric scale. Having said that, it's important to note that creation is also geometric. What we're going to be looking at today is the pattern of creation. Essentially, what this means is that everything in the universe comes out of this single pattern. I'm not making this up. This single image will change everything. When I mentioned in Lesson 5 that the ancient Egyptians and even more ancient civilizations knew about a deeper, basic understanding of the universe, this is the flower of life, and it is also the creation pattern of everything in existence. Even non-tangible things, emotions, thoughts, music in its entire spectrum, everything comes from this image. Okay, so there are 13 information systems that comes out of the flower of life. Today, I'm going to show you how physical reality can manifest itself. I uh, just want to jump in here, because this is obviously quite visual. Yeah. Uh, I was going well, to attempt to explain the image. Okay. Uh, um, I think it looks... It's just like a mesh, isn't it? It's like cross-hatching. Yeah, of almost... Um, what would you call that shape? The shape of an eye. Yeah. A pointed oval. 
what a lot it, of them. What it is, is it circles. Look, if you look at that, that's a circle. If you look at oh, that, yeah. that's a circle. It's circles drawn upon oh, each other. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. And yeah. it'll show you how it's, how it's drawn. It's nuts how it's drawn. And it, okay. And the theory behind how it's drawn ties in with creation so well. Okay, so it's loads of circles meshed over on top of each other to the point where you can hardly actually see the circles within it. Yeah. It's more like inverted little triangles and um, pointed ovals. Yeah. Mm. Well, I see, like, I see flowers. Like, if you look at the... Yeah, pe- yeah, petals. yeah, yeah. It does yeah. look like flowers. Uh, okay. So this is the pattern. What's it called? The Flower of Life. The Flower of Life. I ask that you do not choose immediately to shut this out and just watch with an open mind and try and see this in a new way. Also, I want to tell you that by learning about sacred geometry simply by observing, you are absorbing only a very minuscule amount of information. If you really want to learn more, you must begin to draw it yourself. I kid you not, when you do this, you begin to see things in a new way. You begin to understand why things are done in the way that they are done. Promise. The Flower of Life was known around the world in ancient times. It was found in Ireland, Turkey, Israel, Egypt, China, Greece, Germany, India, and Iceland. It's also been recorded to have been found in England, Tibet, Japan, Sweden, Lapland, the Yucatan, and I think 14 other places. This thing is everywhere. Not only that, but everywhere around the world it has the same name, the Flower of Life. Now, to understand the Flower of Life, first we have to talk about how it's formed. This could get incredibly complex, so I'll try and keep it simple. Imagine consciousness, or spirit, floating in a void which means it's nothingness, and then spirit. No physical body or mind, just spirit, and that's it. Then blackness, essentially nothing, all around the spirit, for infinite. Spirit decides to do something, so it expands its consciousness all around itself as far as it can go without moving. It creates a sphere around itself. This is the first circle in the flower of life. Then, spirit has an awareness of what's around itself in 360 degrees. It moves to the very edge of the sphere anywhere and repeats what it did the first time. It creates this image, which also creates the Vesica Pisces. Within the Vesica Pisces is a vast and incredible amount of knowledge about width, proportion, depth. Also comes the square roots of 2, 3, and 5, which are all numbers that go on forever. But even more interestingly, comes geometric information about light. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now, Spirit has no choice but to do it again. Spirit is flawless, and therefore it will move flawlessly, creating the next circle either here or here, exactly one radius away from the other circle next to it. Every time Spirit moves another sphere, more and more knowledge comes out of the image that is created. The first complete image to be formed is this. It has two names, the Seed of Life, or the Genesis Pattern, and for good reason. Now, let's look at the Book of Genesis for a second. Each of these movements, or creations of circles, can be seen as another day. On the first movement, the second sphere, it created knowledge about not only mathematical proportions, but light. The first sentence of Genesis says, The earth was without form and void, and that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the very next sentence, God says, Let there be light. The key here is in the order. The movement happened first. Then, light happened immediately after. Well, but what about the waters? Well, you have to remember, the Bible has been changed over time a lot. The ancient Egyptians would say that the way our modern Bibles begin creation is impossible, especially if you think about it from a physics point of view. Imagine a dark, infinite space that goes on forever and ever in all directions. You're just floating there with nothing. You can't really fall, but where would you fall to? From a purely physics or mathematical point of view, motion itself, or kinetic energy, is absolutely impossible in a void. You can't even rotate, because motion cannot become real unless there is one other object in the space around you. So the ancient Egyptians would say that before God moved upon the face of the waters, it would first have to create something to move relative to. So, Genesis pattern. After three spheres, you get the Holy Trinity. Another interesting one, it says in many Bibles of the world, not just the Christian Bible, that on the fourth day of Genesis, exactly one half of creation was completed. Starting from the first motion, exactly one half of the circles were formed on the fourth day. 
Fifth day of Genesis, sixth circle, more information. And then on the sixth day, a geometric miracle takes place. The last circle forms a complete six-petaled flower. This is what many earlier Bibles meant when they said, in the beginning there were six. Our Bible even said creation was formed in six days, and this fits exactly. This is the pattern of Genesis, and so it's called the Genesis pattern. It's also the beginning of the creation of the universe that we live in. These original movements of spirit are really important, but now let's look at something even cooler. Another image that comes out of this pattern is this. It's called the Tree of Life. Many may recognize this as the Jewish or Hebrew Kabbalah, but the Kabbalah did not originate this image, and there is proof. The Tree of Life does not belong to any culture, not even the Egyptians who carved the Tree of Life on two sets of three pillars at Karnak Temple, Luxor, over 5,000 years ago. It's outside any race or religion, as with all of these images. There are patterns that are intimately connected with nature. You'll also notice that every circle on the Tree of Life is either the length or width of the Vesca Pisces. The second image beyond Genesis in the Flower of Life is the Egg of Life. This is formed during the second vortex motion. Upon its completion, it creates an image like this, a three-dimensional shape that you can hold in your hand. If you were to connect their centers, you would see a cube. So what? Who cares? Well, the ancient Egyptians did, because they were concerned with creation, life, and death. They called this cluster of spheres the Egg of Life. You probably won't believe me just yet, but this shape is the morphogenic structure that created your body. Your entire physical existence is dependent on the Egg of Life structure, and everything about you was created from that form. Everything from your eye color to how long your fingers are? This is a whole lesson on its own, so let's move on for now. All around the world, the Flower of Life was always made the exact same way. See, this pattern can clearly go on forever. However, they always, always stopped after 19 circles. Why? Well, because they didn't want you to see what I'm about to show you. It's a good time to... Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I need to... That's a lot of information. You need to evaluate what you just Let's evaluate. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. What do you think? Uh, where, like, I feel that he told us where this design comes from, but I feel like I don't know where it comes from because it doesn't seem to originate... Everyone. Anywhere. I guess but I think that's why I'm everyone discovered like, it. Yeah, okay. Every, it's a, every... that's what made it interesting to me. He says this design has shown up in the origins of like yeah, if every, basically every, every civilization. Yeah. yeah. So everyone discovered it. It's like the root of everyone. Yeah. So everyone discovered it in on their own. You know what I mean? Like like sleep paralysis, everyone sees the old lady. Yeah. Everyone discovered the flower of life and other geometric patterns. <laughs> so much information I think I get the um, I get the egg of life you know we know scientifically that's the way that um, yeah and for listeners the egg of life uh, describe the was life. Um, so it, that is what that is the what you would see in your science books as um, reproduction wasn't it just the cells so mm. like two cells it looks like cells it looks linking, like linking and then creating another one and yeah. then creating it's like a ball yeah. of spheres stuck yeah. together it's mm. so the best way I can describe it yeah it's like yeah I can't really describe it any better <laughs> it's a ball of spheres thanks thanks oh, great yeah so I get that and that makes sense to me but the but the flower the flower doesn't I don't understand the relevance of it yet okay it's interesting how he's tying it into everything like you know Creation. Six, seven, six days, and it makes mm. one whole pattern. Yeah, yeah. But is um, it something you could just read into that and be like, oh, that's, yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's, no, it's, <laughs> it's, very, it's very interesting, though. Mm. Even if it's like just trying, to, just trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah. It's a very interesting theory. Yeah. And why I'm interested in, in learning more about. Mm. Which the geometry, like, I can't really understate how sacred, like, it is sacred like back in olden days um this was this wasn't common knowledge 
We live in a an information mm. society where we can just find out this stuff on the information superhighway. Exactly, but back in the day they couldn't. Um, and there's parts of this where it will say like people were actually killed just for mentioning stuff like this in public because it was so sacred and so centered around their beliefs. But let's continue. Is he going to explain now why? He'll explain a lot more because um, just to because yeah, I'm not saying I. It's just at the moment you have. It's not they don't get it. I don't. It, well, it's not they don't. You know, it's not like it just seems wacky to us. It's just come out of nowhere. Well, it's not this wacky. I just like, hmm, where's this? Where's this going? This is interesting. Well, the, just before you press play, we said about the pattern being made up of circles, and he explained a bit more about that. Yeah. You know, about an object moving from the middle of a circle to the outside of it, and then creating mm. another circle, yeah, and then yeah. moving to the outside of that circle and creating another circle. And if you keep doing that, you make this pattern, which looks like a lot of flowers. Um, but then he just said, you know, that only of the what's it called, flower of life. Is nineteen of those, right? Mm. Uh, well, they they cap it. Yeah, that. So the first image you showed us was like a selection of that, but like encased within one big circle. So what the one we saw first was the uh, the seed of life. Yeah, which is just that with the circles around, without these yeah. other. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's like the that's like the seed. But we've only it, seen it like this in within one circle. It can help. It yeah, helps yeah. visualize. You know, when when he was working through Genesis, that helps vig- visualize. What it, what like scientifically it would work, you know. Um, it would have looked like. Mm. Um, yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, keep going. let's see what happens then when they remove the cap. Didn't want you to see what I'm about to show you. Back then, this image and knowledge was so sacred that they couldn't allow it to become common knowledge. It was appropriate at that time. However, now we either use the information or fall further into darkness. In biology, all cells have a zona pellucida around the edge. These circles around the flower of life are the zona pellucida of the flower of life. You must remove these, then complete the spheres that were cut off by the zona pellucida. With one more step, you will have the secret. Finish the drawing, add the final missing circles, giving you this. This image is the fruit of life. This pattern of 13 circles is one of the holiest, most sacred forms in existence. It's called the fruit because it is the result, the fruit, from which the fabric of the details of the reality were created. Remember when we talked about male and female energy, lesson four? As you can see, this image is female. It has no straight lines. However, when you combine male lines with these female circles, something amazing happens. What you do is draw a straight line from the very center of every single circle to every other circle in this image. When you do this, you get an image which is known throughout the universe, everywhere, as Metatron's cube. It is one of the most important informational systems in the universe, one of the basic creation patterns in existence. So what is Metatron's cube? Well, anyone who has studied sacred geometry, or even regular geometry for that matter, knows that there are five unique shapes in the universe, and that they are crucial to understanding both regular and sacred geometry. They are called the platonic solids. A platonic solid has certain characteristics by definition. First of all, all of its faces are the same size. For example, a cube, the most well-known platonic solid, has a square on every face, so all of its faces are the same size. Secondly, the edges of the platonic solids are all the same length. All edges of the cube are the same length. Third, it only has one size of interior angles between the faces. In the case of the cube, this angle is 90 degrees. And fourth, when put inside of a sphere, all of the points will touch the edge of the sphere perfectly. With that definition, there are only four shapes besides the cube that fit that description. So what are they? Well, we have the dodecahedron, the tetrahedron, the octahedron, the isosahedron, and the hexahedron. All of these shapes are found within Metatron's cube. This knowledge is also where original alchemy came from. The ancient alchemists and great souls like Pythagoras, father of Greece, considered each shape to have an elemental aspect to them. The tetrahedron was considered fire. The cube was earth. The octahedron was air. 
The isosahedron was water, and the dodecahedron was ether. Ether, also known as prana, and tachyon energy are all the same thing. They extend anywhere and are accessible at any point in space, time, and dimension. This is the great secret of zero-point technology. The sphere is voidness. These six elements are the building blocks of the universe, and they create the qualities of the universe. To summarize, this is the first informational system that comes out of the fruit of life through Metatron's cube. In alchemy, they rarely discussed ether. I've read that in the Pythagorean school, if you even uttered the word dodecahedron outside of the school, they would kill you on the spot. That's how sacred this shape was. 200 years later, when Plato was alive, he would discuss it, but only very carefully. This is because the dodecahedron is near the outer edge in your energy field, and is the highest form of consciousness. There's quite a bit more here, but I don't think I can go much further on it right now. Anyways, recognize this? The periodic table of elements? Every single element on this table has a geometric relation to one of these five shapes. Modern scholars ridiculed this idea until the 1980s, when Professor Robert Moon at the University of Chicago demonstrated that the entire periodic table of elements, literally everything in the physical world, is based on these same five forms. In fact, throughout modern physics, chemistry, and biology, the sacred geometric patterns of creation are being rediscovered. Another example is the egg of life that I showed you earlier. Hopefully that will help you to understand just how incredible and important of a discovery this truly is. I like that he was like, well now you're going to understand more. And then he played that, and I'm like, I don't understand no, anymore. No. I, <laughs> Still, I, it's just going down the rabbit hole even further, why, isn't it? Um, why, are they, why, why is it sacred? I'm not getting why it's sacred. Why is it it's like a sacred secret that people can't know? What's the secret? Well, <laughs> why, why would a shape... We're asking, like, uh, well, the, pretending to be stupid so they so the yeah, can understand. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I get it. I yeah. totally get it. Just for the listeners. So... What's the big secret? I'm trying to... Someone drew Because the, the thing is... is on that one. <laughs> the thing is... It's like when you, make, you drew that S at school. You do remember that? Oh, like the so solid like, thing. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you nice. do the line, 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 cross, cross the... Yeah. This is the thing. That's like, sacred geometry. Yeah. That's so solid geometry. It's it's so hard to do an episode on sacred geometry because it's so hard to understand, but at the same time, it makes a lot of it sense. I think it's hard to understand. I think, like it, it's too quick for me. I think he's kind of gone over stuff. He's he's like he's missed chapter one. I don't know. Do you feel? I feel like I don't. I'm missing it. Well, there is a whole hour and a half long documentary. Yeah, yeah it's an hour and a half. So get so. And we're watching clips of it with yeah. the intention of trying to get listeners to go. I'm not. It's hard to. I'm not. I'm really enjoying it. I'm yeah. just trying to like. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm enjoying to show me the highlights and getting us talking. I'll probably go back and watch the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 Sure. Honestly, the, yeah. I can't stress, and I don't want to like play a YouTube we, video because I'm yeah. just like they'll just be listening to a YouTube video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. And you, you need to whet our appetite. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is more like, this is not This is an episode to sort of whet their appetite. This is not an episode for me to educate the listeners about sacred geometry, more to say, look what I found. This is fucking nuts. That's like every episode. Go research it as well, and we can all talk about it, because... I'm still learning, man. I, yeah, get some discussions I, going on the Facebook. I've watched these videos five times, and I still, I'm still little by little getting increments of information, but I'm not getting the full picture. But at the same time, it makes sense to me. The, something I have enjoyed about us doing this so far, mm-hmm. um, first episode we've done, which is delving into the mathematic. Yeah. We've delved into the scientific quite a lot, but this is not really scientific. Um, it's it's mathematics. Yeah. Well, it's physics where it combines the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, and that's interesting. It's, it's a little bit of a different flavour. So, are you now trying to find... 
where he talks about why it's sacred. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find the fucking the summary. So this is what you're talking about. No, but you don't. You don't have to. If it. Oh no no. I don't well, know. We were asking you. If I could, we're I would. You. If I could. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. From watching this five times, the whole world to give us the answer. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the rub. The, <laughs> here's the rubs. <laughs> the Greeks and well, the Egyptians, you know, worshipped sacred geometry. They used it a lot in the things they did. The Greeks, in all their sculptures, used the Fibonacci spiral and sacred geometry to build them, to make them perfect. So all of these civilizations have a real advanced grasp on sacred geometry and its importance in life. So I'm not saying, here's why sacred geometry is so sacred. I'm saying, why the fuck were they talking about it? Yeah, I tell you what I... It's more like, I don't know why, but these guys know their shit and they liked it. I, you know what I mean it's like when someone likes a band it's like I don't know what the band's like but this person I trust them it's yeah. going to be a good band yeah I, I, I get it. like when Bob recommends me a film it's like I don't know what this film's going to be about but I could literally go in cold and present it to people without worrying when I do you recommend I mean? like, a film to I don't want them to know anything about it yeah but I mean I could go I could yeah, go to I, like I, I can see why when you recommended Requiem for a Dream to me you, oh, you didn't tell it? me about it oh yeah I watched it a while ago yeah it's grim isn't it it's just, yeah, it's but I could go and watch stuff. a film with people I had to watch like three Disney films afterwards yeah. to get back on track <laughs> three like, Disney which ones <laughs> Sword in, the Stone, <laughs> Sword in the Stone Rescuers Down Under <laughs> and, and uh, Robin Hood yeah. <laughs> oh. Pocahontas everyone goes on about Mulan like it's the fucking Mulan's cure fucking for cancer brilliant. I need to watch it <laughs> I can't believe you're not seeing Mulan. I'm recommending you a film. You should buy Going Cold. <laughs> Recommendation <laughs> of the week, Mulan. Right. Um, For the second Sorry. One. Okay, so it's sacred more in the sense of that they considered it so important. Well, it's sacred. They're saying it's sacred. I'm taking their word for it. Because mm-hmm. um, now we just talk about it like... Well, we're trusting nearly. the Egyptians. I mean, nothing's sacred these days, is it, really? Well. You know, you could... <laughs> well. Well. <laughs> nothing to follow that up with. Just well. <laughs> Good, good argument. No, I, I'm Lots ch- of things are sacred, aren't they? No. No? You can buy anything on a tea towel. Yeah. Nothing sacred, is it? I could put a flower of life on a fucking pendant and sell it to a, anyone. Yeah, but that's you can make things gimmicky. You're going to get the, a tattoo. The actual thing is... Of a, a sacred geometry. Yeah. I've already got a sacred geometry tattoo. This one. It's a Kabbalah oh. triangle. It's the feminine inside the masculine... You shape. could get the uh, and, and these straight lines are to signify um, the way in which we animate. Mm. In, in I was going to say to you, reality. you could get a sacred geometry tattoo for the weird <laughs> house tattoo, but you've already got one. So. Well, I'm definitely getting another one. All oh, right, okay. So but you've got an excuse. I've got an ex- <laughs> excuse. There's a million things he I can needs get an tattooed. excuse to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen my recent tattoo? No, I haven't. I know you got one. I was going to say, oh yeah, I could do this one because turnips, but... Oh yeah, so, yeah, I saw the design. I haven't seen you got it yet. Have you ever read a comic? Uh, you don't really read animes, but like this one's more of a highbrow anime. It's, right. Um, fuck, I can't even remember the name, you know. Highbrow. What is it, like a classic? It's like, like, it's like a samurai. Cup. It's like this samurai and his kid. Lone Wolf and Cub? Yes! Yes, yeah, really, really, really famous. Yeah. That's the kid. Daigo. Yeah. Have you I've never read it, but I know, okay. I know basically the plot and about it. He's got it's... a tattoo of something you can't remember. Well, no, I didn't get a tattoo. The, the, the tattooist who did the Flash said that when he was drawing it up, his inspiration for the kid was Daigo from... Ah. Uh, and he was into his anime, but not into, like, commercial anime. He was into, like, samurai stories. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, credible. <laughs> I got incredible. I don't like other anime. I've, 
uh, I know what I'm getting as my tattoo now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you because an episode I haven't done yet. Ah. Uh, so like, uh, you doing an episode so that you can well, get that tattoo? No, tattoos. I started doing this episode and I was like, oh, that's, a, that's an excuse to get a tattoo. <laughs> I was thinking of a cool design. What would you do if you did the episode, got the tattoo, and then it was like the worst... And everyone was just rebelling. The worst imagine episode. That. Imagine people were just like, I'm going to stop listening to the pod unless you take this episode down. Even without that episode. And you get I the would, tattoo removed. still something I would get a tattoo of. Okay. Which is something I've been looking for. I'm like, I want a tattoo, which is like, is I would have got it anyway. Is it the Warrens? No, yeah, it's Ed Annabelle. Warren. It's Ed Warren on one shoulder and Lorraine on the other. <laughs> Annabelle doll. <laughs> Tony Spiro. I dare you to get <laughs> a full Annabelle back piece. Oh, that would no. be horrible. Oh. You've already got a full back piece. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> not a full one oh, it's not Annabelle either um, well I was going back to the video back to the video I was going to say the bit I really liked in that when he was talking about the Egyptians mm-hmm. talking about um, when there's a void in space you know you can't fall down you can't move relative can't move, to anything because you have to have something to be relative to mm. it's like we was talking about um, you know if, if a tree falls in the woods and I was around here it doesn't make a noise mm-hmm. it's in you know the eye of the beholder everything yeah. is so without anything to move in relation to, yeah. you can't fall, you can't do anything, fly, yeah. turn. I've just found that really interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. It made a lot of sense when it was like, oh yeah, I guess creation would have had to start with creating a boundary in which to move yeah, relative yeah, yeah. to. Um, and that's why maybe space is expanding, but also it's... It's like when you, go, when you paint, you can't just start, you have to have an easel to paint on. You can't just... Well, you wouldn't paint the. You have to have the. You can't paint the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to. Yeah, yeah. Make sense. Cool. Yeah. I don't know what this next bit is going to be about, but <laughs> I, saw, I saw the pictures <laughs> on the video, and it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> Interactions between elementary particles. Things can happen only when things are perfectly balanced. So Garrett starts showing us some subatomic particles and the things that make up electrons and protons and neutrons. We always consider these to be the smallest particle, but we never think about what's creating them. Garrett demonstrates to us how the particles that create point particles really work. He shows that when you plot them out in how they move, this is what they look like. At the tiniest scales of the universe, in how it works, is very beautiful. Now, look at this. This is one of the ways that these charges branch off from each other. As you can see, it flows in a hexagonal pattern, the same pattern that we found in the expanded flower of life. Then, if you rotate this pattern in six-dimensional charge space, you see it forms yet another pattern. Many of you will recognize this as the shape of the Star of David, but its true name is the Star Tetrahedron, which maps perfectly over the Fruit of Life. This entire pattern created by the particles is mapped across over precise places on a 200-dimensional spherical shape scientists have called E8, of which also has a geometric shape. By rotating that shape as well, you can see how there are nearly infinite possibilities as to how these elementary particles interact with each other. The details of the reality begin to take form. Now, as this shape is rotating in eight dimensions, you can see a myriad of different patterns here. Look at this one in particular. This looks a lot like Metatron's cube, doesn't it? At the heart of particle physics is pure, beautiful geometry. By now, you probably can begin to see where sacred geometry falls into this. Where do these shapes originate? Do they just come into being at random? Or does the first shape come from somewhere else? In lesson six, we talked about the flower of life, the original, perfect geometric symmetry that created the universe. This shape, as we learned, is not only the root of all mathematical proportion, light, the platonic solids, but is also the source of every musical system in the universe, including systems both used and unknown to modern man. It is also the source of energy patterns and, well, everything. It all comes from the flower of life. I believe this is what is at the heart of what's forming every subatomic particle formation, and it probably goes at least a few levels deeper than what Garrett is showing us. Phi, also known as the golden ratio, or golden mean, is a very simple relationship. If you had a rod and were going to put a mark on it, only two places would mark the phi ratio, which is here or here. 
The length of A plus B is equal to the length of C. This ratio is 1.6180339 and continues on forever. If you multiply the length of C with phi, it will create the exact same image, only bigger. C and D is equal to E. This ratio could then span on forever, going smaller and smaller or bigger and bigger forever. This ratio is infinite. It has no beginning and no end. It is also believed that phi is the mathematical root of all other sequences. See, every mathematical sequence in existence needs a minimum of three numbers to figure out the sequence. Phi only needs two. It is the only one. Similar to how the circle and square are the source of all shape, but we'll get to that later on. The next thing that you need to know is that this ratio is found in all life everywhere. Sort of. By sort of, I mean it's really Fibonacci, but we'll look at that in a moment. Look at your hand. Not only does each finger have its own ratio moving up each finger, which is phi to the next bone, but it oscillates back and forth from the tallest finger to the thumb. You wonder why the human hand is like that? It's based on phi. This relationship is found throughout the body in various ways, moving up the arms and legs, in your face, throughout the entire body. This is a Greek statue that accurately represents this. The Greeks were very precise when they made their art, because they understood phi, Fibonacci, and the importance of these sequences. When the Romans took over Greece, you could see the perfection in statues just completely disappear. I'm not saying the Romans were bad artists. They just didn't measure everything to the same caliber that the Greeks did. Here is the phi ratio in butterflies. You can see this ratio everywhere, from the wing size to the body to the antennas. They're all phi ratios. Here's dragonflies. It's the same story. Phi runs along the entire body and the relation to the body and the wings. Here it is in frogs. Phi is found throughout the body in relation to the head, to the arms, to the fingers, and so on. Well, what about fish? You'd think they wouldn't be found in fish. Well, here's three kinds of fish. Once again, the ratios are consistent. It doesn't just apply to these creatures, though. Regardless of what mammal, insect, avian, plant, or living creature of any kind, you will find this ratio one way or another. There's a reason for this, but we'll get to that in a moment. Let me show you the importance we used to place on this golden ratio. In ancient times, we built many structures based on phi because we understood divine proportion. This is the pagoda of Yakushiji Temple in Japan. It's built with these same mathematics, from the doorway to the ball on top of the temple. It is a structural embodiment of the proportions that all life holds. The Parthenon in Greece also has the exact same mathematical structure, but even more. I recommend watching Nova's Secrets of the Parthenon if you wish to learn more about this, because the stuff that they find is really cool. The Great Pyramid in Giza also has these proportions. They're incredibly precise, perfect in every way. You'd think that by building these structures using the logical and mathematical proportions so carefully, they would hinder the creativity behind these buildings, but they really don't. In fact, the left brain understanding all of this can even enhance creativity if used correctly. It makes me wonder about all of the world-famous buildings of the modern world. Could phi be a large factor in what makes them stand out? Let's move on to our next sequence, which is called Fibonacci. Now, the Fibonacci sequence is life's way of creating the golden meat. Um, sorry, um, I was just going to say... Um... <laughs> Well, one, while we're on this, I'll say the Fibonacci sequence on here is 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, 55, 89, 144. But he's going to explain that in a minute. Um, Beef, when we're looking at this and it's just mm. flying in front of our faces. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, here's an image and this is why it uses this geometry. And here's an image and this is why it uses this geometry. And it does it again and again. Yeah. To you, do you start glazing over it? It's just like a picture of a building and then he just slapped some maths over it. I'm like, let's see. Let's see. Let's yeah. See. I'm like, Can I just I, say, this is, uh, for you guys, this is what a... You know when you say, like, in a mushroom trip or an acid trip, you say, oh, you've got all this knowledge, but you just can't pull it out. Yeah. This is what it's like. You get all this knowledge, and it makes sense, but you can't seem to fucking grasp it because it's just too much. It's like that times ten. You're getting 
yeah, information, 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 and it's like, oh, this is great. I, I, you know, I understand everything. I can understand the universe, but you just can't seem to I'm hold to on to put it too much on the back burner. Every, like yeah, every yeah. sentence, he's like, "I'll come back to that in a minute. I'll come back to that in a minute." Yeah, I'm, yeah, like, I'm yeah. not gonna remember it. No, I'm not gonna remember it. So when you come back to it, I'm gonna forget it all of it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I. This is why I've watched this video this five times, and I'm still. I will watch it. I've got a day off tomorrow. Stuff. I'm not back to work till Monday. I'm gonna watch it because at the moment it does feel a bit like look that. Yeah. Look. look. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's getting a picture of like say the Eiffel Tower, and then going, you know, why people love this one. Because of this, and he slaps some maths over it, and like, all oh, right, yeah. And then he does his like Colosseum, slaps some maths. The pagoda's you know really cool though, the Chinese pagoda. Yeah, which is like based on phi ratios. Yeah, that's really cool. It is, but it's. I feel like there's a. Obviously, we're gonna get to a. But I, I feel like he's just sort. put in a graph. I feel like I could be like, do you know why I love this can of Brewdog Rye Hammer? And then I could draw a graph on a bit of paper and I remember like... Yeah, but if that graph is, like, mathematically perfect... But I don't know it is. <laughs> yeah, but he's telling you it is. <laughs> You've got to take it at face value. You what can't go, well, is he working? Oh, show, show you working. Yeah, I know. It's not an it exam. It doesn't help that he's a cartoon, like the guy doing it. No, um, there's one... Um, so, my recommendation... Um, Moving on. There's, uh, there's a guy who came to speak at our church who's a uh, biochemist. Right. Um, and he talks about that there's no divide between science and religion. And, mm-hmm. you know, he talks a lot about the stuff we watched at the start. But I'm. Um, so I'd highly recommend that. And uh, there's a reason why. Hang on. You'll have to cut this. Why was I going to say this? Um, so the video, he was talking about that. Every time we say this is going to be cut, I laugh because it never does. No, I know. <laughs> it never it's does. It never does. I listen back and it's just us like, cut that. Cut that. Edit that. <laughs> okay. just like, so I'll put, I'll sometimes put you like, I leave the edit like I leave a beep bro because like, I, I put a beep of a certain length to show I've cut something yeah yeah and you'll be like beep yeah we should cut all that I'll leave it the bit that we just say like we should cut everything yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I love it <laughs> yeah so okay so I've, I've caught up with my thinking now so right, okay. um, yeah I'll, so I'll we'll, try to cut all that then <laughs> no you're not going to do that are you so let's just move on um uh, yeah, so he gave this really good talk about about science and religion. There's no divide; it coexists. There's no issue, and everyone should chill out. Um, it's a lot just better talk. Chill out. Just chill out. <laughs> um, so I put that on the blog. It's on Vimeo. Right. Um, he talks about perfection. That for him as a scientist, this is where his I guess his belief in God comes in. But he says there is too perfect. So he, he doesn't go into this kind of stuff. But he says that Can when you, you look at if he did. I, uh, he came into your church to go like a yeah. sermon or whatever and oh, he, yeah, yeah. he went into this yeah right I'm going to tell you about sacred geometry no but it does so in that sense it makes sense to me I'm thinking well the universe to me seems too perfect right for it to be and he was talking about how um, centuries ago there was only about three components that um, were needed in order for life to exist on a planet and now it's grown to hundreds. Like, there need to be... So it's not just that we need to be the exact distance away from the sun. Other planets also need to be the, the exact distance away from other planets. And it's really... So this this makes sense in that kind of um, context. So I'm, I'm grasping it. I don't want you to feel like we're slating your episode, Tissy. Because no, I'm really not. enjoying it. You're slating really, sacred geometry. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to you're keep stuff on the back burner. You're slating the, the thing that made you... 
Your maker. I'm You're slating your maker. What if God was a geometric pattern? Well, he probably, oh. I don't know. He probably is. I love that. He probably is. In the beginning. That I'm not slating it. I'm not at all slating it. I just, I need to, yeah. Understand. You know, Tish, you know we went to that uh, convention in Reading. The geometric convention. <laughs> the seriously strange convention. Yeah, yeah. And I sat next to the Reverend Peter Laws. Yes. Uh, I was chatting to him for a while. He's got on his own podcast, right? Yeah, he has got a podcast. Have we got the shout out? We could shout. Yeah, out. his podcast is called The Flicks That Church Forgot. I yeah. think. Isn't it's, it the uh, horror, horror movie films. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror yeah. movies. Yeah, that sounded right. Uh, he's really like into horror movies. I follow him on Twitter, uh, and he follows me back. Ooh. But he's like massive now. Yeah. He was on Free Counties the other day. Amazing. And I was really? like, oh, that's weird because that's the guy I sat next to and chatted to. Yeah. And he, was on, he was on Radio 4 the other day. Yeah. And he's got a, his debut novel came out today. Oh, congratulations. And he's getting like uh, awesome reviews all over the shop. Mm. So um, go check out Purged by Peter Laws. It's about a detective who uh, used to be a Christian and gave up on it. Uh, and it's got good reviews. Cool. Sweet. Anyway, should we uh, continue with the Fibonacci? The Fibonacci sequence. Now, the Fibonacci sequence is life's way of creating the golden mean. Allow me to explain. This sequence is continually made from adding the previous number to the current. One and one is two. Two and one is three. Three and two is five. Five and three is eight. You can see how it continues. Now, what most people don't know about Fibonacci is that it actually continually strives closer and closer to the phi ratio. By dividing the current number into the last, you can see this happening. One into one is one. Well, that's not close at all. Two into one is two. This time, it's over five, but closer. Three into two is 1.5, which is under, but closer still. Five into three is 1.666. This time, it's over, but even closer. Continuing with that, it's 1.6, and then 1.625, 1.615384, 1.619048, and so on. Please pause it. Right, what do you think about that? I don't know what he's talking about. I see. The thing is, I'm, I mean, we keep saying this, isn't this, but you really do need to check out some of the visuals yeah. of this, because it's just, it is, it's just as confusing, really. But yeah. I've got at least I've got something to grasp onto, mm. like, visually what he's talking about. Yeah, so what what is this... So this thing is, I know he just said it, and then I'm trying to explain it back, and I'm like, "What was it again?" <laughs> it's like a line that goes wiggly. Yeah, but why? What's it showing? And then it's at the Fibonacci. End, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fibonacci did it. Fine. Do- What's fine again? He'll come back to it later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fibonacci's thing is this number pattern. Yeah. Right. Okay. And if you follow this number pattern going in. To each other, yeah, like one to one, two to one, three to two, whatever it is, then it creates phi, which is this pattern which yeah. is in all life. Like he yeah. said, it's in our fingers, it's the spacing between each thing, it's the regular spacing that goes throughout all life, yeah, it's in all animals, yeah. like even in an insect, the body segments, what are mm. they called? Segments of a beetle, mm, just like a van. I said they got something. Anyway, mm, thorax. On the thorax of the insect, uh-huh. the space in between each part of their body, mm. the space in between each joint of their leg, it's all based on this same sequence of yeah. like ever decreasing to infinity or ever increasing to infinity the other side. Yeah, I think you've got it a lot more than I have. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, the thing is, I sounded a lot more like I got it than I actually my brain does. <laughs> I sounded really intelligent. I did sound yeah, really thanks. intelligent. Well done. It continually oscillates over and under the phi ratio, never quite making it there, but continuing on closer and closer every time, until eventually you can't even tell the difference. Because phi is an infinite number, this sequence will go on forever. 
Let's look at some spirals in nature, another way that Phi and Fibonacci can manifest. This is a Nautilus shell. Many people will say it's Phi, but it's really Fibonacci. See how when it's in its earliest form, it's crude, not smooth or anything? One look and you can tell that's not Phi. But as it goes out farther and farther, it gets closer and closer to Phi. It becomes a nearly perfect Phi spiral by the time it's all the way out here. This also happens with sunflowers, pine cones, and many plants in nature. Tess? Yeah. What's the difference between Fibonacci and Phi? Yeah. Um, this is back. <laughs> the difference between Fibonacci and Phi. Um, I'm pretty sure Phi is like the perfect. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember now. Fibonacci is... Fuck. Fibonacci is that pattern. Yeah. Fibonacci is the one in... Ever, ever closer to Phi. Ever increase. Decreasing. closer to Phi. And Phi is like the perfect uh, frequency or something. I'm pretty sure phi is like the god ratio or the god fucking something. It's like phi is phi is like phi is like perfect phi is like perfection. I I know from like later on in the video he starts talking about um, getting closer to phi as like the the aim of our species because what happens when we hit phi? Well, we go to a higher stage of consciousness. Really? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done it? In this, it actually goes into it and says that we're 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 on the cusp of becoming super beings. Wow. Because Grant Morrison wrote a book about that. We really? yeah, gradually get super, super more gods. consciousness. Like Heroes or something. Like I didn't watch Heroes, but... Um, I tried to meditate a little bit. Did you? Yeah. How'd it go? I think I did it. Yeah? Well, what happened was, I was on another one of them long-winded train journeys. Seven hours standing. <laughs> no, it was a different one. Um, it was one that was four hours long. Oh. Um, but I managed to sit down. Okay. But only because I was like, fuck this, I'm going to be the arsehole. Literally, I was the only one sitting down the entire train. I was like, I'm not standing. What, I on the floor? Yeah, I would have done that, floor, straight away. Yeah. But everyone else was crammed around me, and they were like, looking at me like... What a dick. Yeah, I'm sitting up. Because <laughs> you sit down, you take the space of two people standing, right? Yeah. But everyone was crammed up, and I was like, I'm not standing up, I can't do it again. But I was like, I've still got four hours on this thing. So like, how am I going like, to make time pass? How am I going to do it? And I was like, I'm just going to try and meditate. Yeah. And I was just sitting bolt upright and letting myself meditate. I think I did it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, what were you, like, how does it, um, it Well, I was sitting there thinking, I'm going to meditate. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked at the time again, it was an hour later. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I've never experienced that. That's nuts. You've tapped into a time wall. Yeah, it was almost like I'd gone to sleep. But I obviously, I knew I hadn't been asleep. Like, did you have the phantom cigar? It's like, what? <laughs> hey! Video game like reference. I like that. No, I didn't. There was no smoking on board. Don't get it. I'm an old man. Mel gets on at five, mate. Uh, I 100% became too old for technology the other day because my mum wanted to set up the skybox. And I was like, I don't know how to do it. It's broken at the moment. It won't turn back on. So I texted my nephew and said, you've taken over yeah, we can do technology it. You're advisor. What? You're younger than us. Yeah, but I'm officially fucking done with technology. Their brains are, all them brains, all them drugs have fried your brain. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just don't do it anymore. I don't watch telly, so I just can't be bothered. You're fried, mate. I am fried. But that, <laughs> I can't think we can blame the drugs. I've been I fried since fried. born. I, am. I was fried since birth. Dude, mm. like, you're a fried egg. Fried and tested. <laughs> we've been uh, we've been sorting the room out, so it's ready for oh, the, baby when room. the baby comes. I thought you were about to say for me to come and <laughs> shoot up or something. You got, I don't know. You're getting your drugs I didn't know where that was going. I was um, confused. Why were you... Because <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you, you were talking you about... Wanna, you want to come around and shoot up? We've got a room for you now. Sweet. You jump it out of the baby room. I'll start uh, shooting up. Have you got your jump it out of the baby room? No, I can stay in. Baby will be in your room for a while, right? Yeah, for the first like couple of months. But leaving your jump it in the baby's room. 
It's not. Have you, you haven't been in our spare room. Oh, you've been in the spare room. I slept in it. Yeah, he's like leaving the drum kit in the baby's room. Yeah, it's like have you ever seen Baby's Day Out? <laughs> have you ever seen? Any, have you ever seen Dunstan checks in? Dunstan checks in. That's a good one. I was about to say that next. Dunstan. Checks I always in. think of Dunstan checks in as a Christmas film. Really? What? It's like a monkey hotel film. It's like I a think fucking. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it is a monkey hotel film. That, that classic, that, 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 that genre, genre that is just that genre dwindled in the lights, didn't it? Family holiday, genre. Yeah, we yeah. couldn't quite mainstream that genre. <laughs> it had limited potential. It's, it's so many times there was that era it. in like the nineties, though, where it was just like monkey films. <laughs> yeah, so like monkey. Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day Out. Dunstan checks in. Right, yeah, there's a thriller in it. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, monkey right. trouble. Monkey, monkey trouble. business. Like there was so many monkey yeah. films. Do you remember we saw that show on? Um, that's just four on TV called Monkey <laughs> Business. This was like one year though. <laughs> so that's a lot. <laughs> well, you were at my house and we switched on the telly and it just comes straight into Monkey Business and it was two monkeys boxing each other. Yeah, yeah. And we turned it straight off because we were Ace just like, Ventura what is had this? A monkey as well. Like, it was yeah. just monkeys. Yeah. Ace Ventura was the same era actually, yeah. Hmm. I remember renting that from Blockbusters. No, not even Blockbusters. Do you remember when corner shops would rent out videos? Yeah, yeah. Um, I rented it out from I the corner shop. Block, I used to go to Choices in Latin Buzzard. Oh, Choices. That's like the new age. <laughs> there was a Blockbusters in Latin Buzzard as well. Oh, by choice. It's cheaper, by mate. Choice. Choices. choices is cheaper. And <laughs> that was the wrong that choice. That was my choice. Ooh. But I remember um, choking on popcorn watching Ace Ventura. It was so funny. It was fucking hilarious. I was crying. <laughs> Hey, it's the Monopoly guy. Uh, the second one, that's where Nature Calls. Yeah, Nature Calls. When he starts off with... Um, that's the worst one. The raccoon, out and it slips two. out of his hand. That's the worst one. There's no out of the worst two. out of the two, but they're great films. But they're both good. But... Oh, I haven't seen them for years. I reckon if I watched them now, I wouldn't enjoy them. I reckon I'd be like, this is too silly. Nah, Jim Although Carrey I did watch Austin Powers recently, thinking that would be too silly, and I really enjoyed it. Austin Powers is great, though. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed I it. I think because that's it was so silly. They don't make films that silly now. No, no. I think it, I think it is. It's just even too silly, silly comedies are a little bit too like cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, like that's just silly. Yeah. yeah. There's no pretense. No. It's just pure it's just fucking nonsense. silliness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Like when he's backing up the. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> like even when someone does that now, you're just like, oh, it's like Austin Powers. Yeah. It's like that is a classic. Like <laughs> it took ownership of that exact act of just yeah. trying to fucking turn. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yes, babe. Yes, babe. <laughs> it's like my mum doing a version of Austin Powers. Right, Fibonacci. In many cases, such as the pine cones and sunflowers, it flows in a double spiral or more, much like the spiraling arms of a galaxy. From the microcosm to the macrocosm, spirals are always present. So phi is basically source, or spirits, or God, in a mathematical way of thinking. <laughs> the math of God. Don't forget, this sequence is an intimate part of nature itself. I'm going to call it source. It is the source of all mathematical sequences, and all life in existence grows based on phi. However, phi has no beginning and no end. Life doesn't know how to deal with that. It's like source says, go and replicate this, and life says, we don't know how. Because life doesn't know how to create from something that has no beginning. So it creates the Fibonacci sequence instead, oh, which has it. a beginning, but starts out crude, very basic, and then continually goes closer and closer to source, becoming more divine every step. It does take steps too, which actually has quite a bit to do with evolution. Let's move on for now, though. The only other sequence you need to know for this is binary sequences. Wait, go back. So, when you said, "Oh, I got it," yeah, I still don't got it. So, so, so do phi, it to me in Lukey terms. Phi is um, perfection. The perfection. Yeah. It's this 
sequence which is never ending. Yeah. And never, never beginning. Yeah. And it gets gradually bigger in one direction and gradually smaller in another direction ad infinitum. Either way. Yeah, yeah. And when we try and recreate that as humans, we can't because we don't know how to create something that doesn't have a start. Right. So the closest thing we can do is this sequence, the Fibonacci sequence, which is the closest thing as humans we can create to that. It has a start, and because it has a start, it isn't as perfect. Okay. The further it goes on, the closer it becomes to it, because as it gets smaller and smaller, the the degrees are less and less either side. Okay. So it can almost replicate it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Thanks. Binary sequences. This Mm -hmm. is a sequence like 2, 4, 8, 32. We're just doubling the last number instead of adding it to the previous one. We're all very familiar with this. Binary sequences are found in life as well. For example, mitotic cell divisions are binary. We go from being a single cell being to having over 100 trillion cells in only 46 divisions. Binary sequences are also how computers work by turning on and off chips. Computing at its core, anyways, is binary. This is how a polar graph usually looks, with 36 radial lines in 10 degree increments, representing the 360 degrees. Then, concentric circles are drawn, each with the same distance away as the last, creating eight equal demarcations as the one before, counting the inside circle as one. Think about what this represents, too. It's a two-dimensional drawing of a three-dimensional sphere, one of the sacred forms, by projecting it onto a flat surface. This is also called a shadow form, and casting shadows is a sacred way to obtain information. Also, a polar graph has both straight, male lines, and circular, female lines, both male and female energies interacting at once. Do you feel like sometimes he just says, like... Like, this is a thing, and it does this, and that's sacred. Anyway, and you're like, why? Yeah, yeah. But how? Yeah, why is it sacred? Um, <laughs> I'm just spending the right. whole time going... If he told you, then you'd turn the video off and go, cool, I know everything. <laughs> He's got to keep you on like a hook. Plot a golden mean spiral at zero degrees on the polar graph. It will loop all the way around before hitting zero again, exactly at the eighth circle. You'll find that this golden mean line crosses five specific places as it goes out. These places are where the female circular lines meet the male lines. It crosses at 120 degrees, 190 degrees, 240 degrees, 280 degrees, and then it jumps to 360, or back at zero, depending on how you look at it. What's interesting about this is that it creates both a binary and Fibonacci sequence. Looking at the radial increments from the center, it crosses at 1, 2, 3, 5, and 8. Well, that's Fibonacci, but it also crosses at 2, 4, and 8. Well, that's a binary sequence. We're going to look at the binary sequence in particular, though, because what you find is very cool. If you draw lines from the outermost circles on the lines where the binary sequence was formed, you get this image. It is an equilateral triangle. If you continue the spiral outward, it would continue to hit these exact same places and continue to form larger equilateral triangles. Let's divert yet again to look at something very interesting. There was a man named Keith Critchlow who discovered something very important to understanding the geometry of music. First, he drew a straight line through an equilateral triangle, and then he measured from the middle of the center line and drew a straight line up to the top edge and back down to the bottom corner. Then he did the same, but passed through the center line of the top and back down again. He did this yet again on the other side. You can keep doing this on either side as well. By drawing this funny little form, he discovered something of great importance. He writes, continuing in this way, each successive proportion will be the harmonic mean between the previous proportion and the total length, and all of these proportions will be musically significant. 1 over 2 being the octave, 2 over 3 being the fifth, 4 over 5 being the major third, 8 over 9 being the major tone or step, and 16 over 17 being the halftone or step. In other words, he discovered the geometries of music, or at least one aspect of them. Then he tried measuring it in a different way, starting at a different point of the center line. At 3 fourths, he found the measurements were 1 over 7, 1 over 4, 2 over 5, 4 over 7, 8 over 11, and 16 over 19. All of these numbers are musically significant. 
This is very interesting. It means that the harmonics of music are somehow related to the proportions of the central line moving through a tetrahedron. Back to the polar graph, you can see that this drawing has a much greater value all of a sudden. What? What do you think's that? Nothing mm. about the music. Mm. He's reading it into everything. Yeah, but that's what you're saying. It is in everything. Yeah, but what? <laughs> what is in everything? He hasn't told us. Geometry. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna try it. Okay. Geometry makes up the world. Yeah, like I feel like he said that at the start, but he's not added anything to it in the last. He's like geometry makes up the world. These are the basic shapes. Now I'm gonna show you like where this all crops up. What were your thoughts yeah. then when you? <sighs> Don't know. I just wanted to get your reaction. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Don't I get am, me wrong, I am enjoying it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it but, is. Like, every time I start getting it, it loses me again, though. Yeah. Like, because it, um, really, I think it's... This could be a series of lectures. Yeah. In which case, I would need to make notes on the lectures, go, okay, leave the lecture, go home, and think about it and reflect on it for, like, a week, and then go back again and pick up the second bit. Mm. So, he's, to, uh, he's diverting a lot. And yeah. I'm finding that hard to keep up with. Yeah. Which is why Tiss watched it five times. The only thing I'm going to say is, Tiss, are you, as we go through this episode, are you, like, jumping through the whole video? Yeah. Because we're currently only at 23 minutes into the video and an hour 17 of recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get through this whole video today. Right, okay. okay. Just checking. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, we really need to jump further ahead if you're planning <laughs> to do the whole thing. No, no. This is honestly such a vast topic. Uh, and I might even have to revisit probably for the next one. Probably. Part two of geometry. Okay. Should we carry on with the music of geometry? The geometry of music even. If you want to carry on doing geometry while it's fresh so people can jump straight into it, mm-hmm. rather than do it two weeks in a row in case some people aren't digging it, Yeah, we could do like Beef's episode next week and then straight into Oh, the that's what I mean. Part. Sorry, for my episode, it'd be like two episodes. Yeah, on. but I don't know if that'll be too far away because that's like six weeks away. Oh, yeah, I suppose. So I didn't know if you wanted to... They'll probably be emailing battering down the door to get it next time. I didn't know if you wanted to pick it up like... So we'll do Beef next week, yeah. then the other one of this, yeah. and then I'll do an episode. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just obviously we're not finished with this half this half of the show, of the Sacred Geometry show. Yeah. But this will be Sacred Geometry Part 1. Yeah. Next week will be for the episode, and Sacred Geometry Part 2. Because I've got part. loads of pointers on my um, on my notes, so I've still got, yeah, God, so, so much more. Well, go, go up to <laughs> so what you think more. is about half of what you've got then. Uh, the music was part of it. Music was... Oh, right. Because um, it's all about frequencies mm-hmm. it builds up to being able to being able to explain our existence in frequencies and then when you look at our, us as frequencies and quantum physics mm. then the geometry starts to really come into its own because mm-hmm. quantum physics is like we saw earlier as geomet- geometric patterns yeah, yeah. is the, the thing about music is it's so precise when you when you hear um like i'm thinking of the movie whiplash Recommendation. Okay. Go watch. Yeah, that's a good film. Um, in that, although it's kind of yeah, in that that is a film about how perfect music is and how you should strive for it to sound perfect because if you get it right, music is perfection. Yeah, and it is. It, Music's good, but then if you get it exact, yeah, it's like transcendence. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why this is so interesting because it's. He's looking at the scientific reasoning behind that. So find the perfection of music. Yeah. But he's gone off music again now. Is one of the things we'll yeah. come back to it later. 
He talked. He gave us a little cocktails about music, and now he's gone back to this thing. Let's try and find. We can continue to put more oh and more. Every time he comes on, there's like another like crazy. I'll have to stay yeah. away from love that. To see As I'm not a musician, there's not much more I can show you related to this. But I would love to see what a musician could really do with this knowledge. Yeah, so that was the music one. Uh, oh God! Now I'm just like I want to save the because the other half is like all linked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if I gave you one bit of the next one, then it would like. Yeah, I I feel like you've given me enough of so what your appetite if you feel like you need to stop now yeah okay. we can we can talk a little bit yeah we can talk a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, like, no I don't mean stop fun. I just mean let's let, let me yeah yeah let's let's well actually I've done. got a really yeah. cool um, little video Disney um, of all people did uh, a sacred geometry instructional video in the 1950s okay. really yeah uh, <laughs> I saw someone. I saw someone in the comments on Facebook say that um, because they said something about it being like I don't know. They said uh, it's like Pythagorean propaganda because they were saying certain things were Greek and some of it was actually Egyptian. So this is an old Disney cartoon, Donald Duck. Yeah, explaining sacred geometry. Really? Or, the, or explaining Donald yeah. in Math Magic Land? Yeah, the kids. I struggle to understand Donald Duck anyway, so yeah. this is going to be really hard. I love old cartoons, don't you? Yeah. I love like the old Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yeah, you talked about, we talked about Spike the other week. <laughs> and Butch. <laughs> we can't watch the whole of this anyway, it's like 20 minutes long. That is strange. This is like some sort of fever dream you have when you got the flu. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I say this because one time I had real bad like flu illness and I was hallucinating shape uh, numbers everywhere really yeah especially number seven and the number eight like everywhere really yeah yeah mm. really really scary that's weird yeah this is so trippy this it's a bit like Alice in Wonderland it is yeah pi is equal to 3.14159265358974 etc 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 that's a kids cartoon yeah they really ran out of ideas now oh, let's hello just Donald deep math Oh, come on. Mate, it's 20 minutes long. You're going to need to find... It's 28 minutes long. The golden rectangle represented a mathematical law of beauty. We find it in their classical architecture. This is mental. The Parthenon, perhaps one of the most famous of early Greek buildings, contains many... What was their agenda for this? Someone, one of the writers, has watched that sacred job. I love all yeah. the, um, <laughs> the music in these as well. Like, it's all just so well done. Mm. Well, they had a proper... Disney are great at cartoons. Same golden proportions huh? are also cartoons. found in their skull. This, is the, this is means I can understand. Yeah. You should have played us this version yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> the golden rectangle dominated the idea of beauty and architecture throughout the Western world. The Cathedral Notre of Dame. Notre Dame is an outstanding example. It is outstanding. The Renaissance painters knew this secret well. Secret? It's not a secret. Everyone bloody knows it. Yeah. But back in the day, they didn't. Today, yeah, Donald Duck knows it. They didn't have, <laughs> didn't have podcasts. Yeah, but the architects obviously knew it. Yeah, but only through um, Only through YouTube. <laughs> yeah, only through Donald Duck. Indeed, this ideal proportion is to be found in life itself. Donald, Donald, Donald. Ah, 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 Donald. No, no. What? He wants to shag a human. Mm. Doesn't he like a duck? Horny <laughs> duck. No, I'm afraid not. 
Well, we can't all be mathematically perfect. Oh, yeah? Now that you're all pent up in a pentagon, let's see how nature uses this same mathematical form. I cannot imagine watching this as a kid. Yeah. If I, if I watched this as a kid, I feel like mum would change the channel. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's Put Donald Duck back on again. Yeah, that's brainwashing. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts, isn't it? That's well in depth. Yeah, that's yeah. so weird. I prefer it to the Disney I think um, it's really cool. racist is, cartoons. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> I think everyone does. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, like the old propaganda, there's like... There's one. Yeah, yeah. There's one with Donald Duck. Uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, it's Donald Duck. And uh, he sees a Jew and goes, P-U. Oh, really? Like, Whoa. That's what? nuts. I was in Cartoon Network the other day. Me and Rachel sat there like... Oh, for listeners, I pulled a stunned face. Maybe it was just like, it was just the person that stank and it just so happened to be Jewish. No. <laughs> yeah. Racist. No, it was xenophobic. Well, um, Disney, Walt Disney was like famously quite like xenophobic. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was like... Funded, uh, didn't yeah, he fund yeah. the war, didn't he? Well, not the whole war. Like <laughs> 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 the whole... <laughs> Hitler's Great money cartoons, man. though. <laughs> Walt Disney, Hitler's money, man. <laughs> So, let's get back to geometry. Yeah, I want I want you to notice. I I found all of that thoroughly entertaining, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, everything he was presenting was really. If you take it at face value, it's like wow. But I know what you mean. It's like it, I want to know why though. Yeah. It, yeah, and I think also like, like I was saying earlier, for me, uh, that was like twenty lectures in one, mm. and I needed it was just shape, 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 shape. And mm. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's really crazy. You said um, it's the before, worst kept secret before it went away. <laughs> it's only worst kept now because it's on YouTube. <laughs> Go back to the Egyptian times and ask them, and they'd just be like, "Mate, I can't even spell." But they know sacred geometry. No, not all of them. It's not like every motherfucker was just like, "Yeah, I can build a spaceship." It's just the ones that were like, "It's just the architects who didn't want anyone else to design the buildings." Yeah, they didn't want anyone else getting in on that. Well, sweet think money. about it. how many pyramids are there. Don't know how many are there. I don't know. I literally don't know. You asked that like we actually did. <laughs> I literally don't know. No, but I mean, like, it's not like there's a million geometric buildings. There's like a few handful out the, throughout the world. Right. But they're the best. Why are they the best? Why are they so appealing? Why do they make so much sense to us? Because <laughs> geometry is it's good. It's a good thing. Okay. Are the geometrists uh, if are you, they the one getting all the. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Have to ask them. <laughs> if you um, are listening and you're a geometrist if you like geometry <laughs> do you I don't know frequent geometry lessons look into yeah any mathematicians listening get hold of us I'd be interested if any mathematicians listen to our show mm. I would be interested if they listen to the show yeah. yeah actually yeah for sure if someone knew about geometry and could fucking ring us in and give us a lesson yeah that would be great yeah mm. because then we could tailor our questions to that yeah. Rather than just listening to some dude. Geometry Part Three Call In Special. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I really want to do as a call in special? Yeah. Um, cryptid call in. People who have seen cryptids. Or oh yeah, seen yeah, cryptids. yeah. I think that would be really fun call in to do. I wouldn't mind doing a time travel call in where we put it out online. Any have time travellers want to call in? Okay. This time, this day, I'll wait for the call. So if someone calls in, they're time travel. I'm going to put the call out now. Eventually, we might get around to doing a couple more call in shows because I know some people really like the ones we've done. If you have seen a cryptid, call in. Uh, well, send us an email. If you have uh, are a mathematician, send us an email. Yeah. What was the other one? If you're a time traveller 
<laughs> send us an email. And obviously, you know, the classic, we always come back to the ghost stories. If you've got ghost stories, send us an email. And the email is unexplainableuk at mail.com. Ghost story of the week. Yeah. Isn't on today. Uh, also, one of the reviews I read on uh, iTunes said about how Ghost Story of the Week jingle is like the best jingle to ever exist. What? That's amazing. <laughs> wrong, but amazing. What do you mean wrong? <laughs> how is it the best? It said like something like Ghost Story of the Week uh, soundbite is like the best <laughs> jingle ever. I love that. Design. It's not because it's good. It's because you came up with it. You could have been like, oh, no. I really like it. It's good. I come up with that. Have you heard some of the <laughs> crappy jingles out there? Mate, the I come, you should see the drawings that I come up with. Doesn't mean they're any good. So what, yeah, so well, what, what, were your, what were your collective thoughts on um, sacred geometry right now? Oh, there was another review. Sorry, I was going to do a tear. I was about to go, interesting. Um, <laughs> there was a review that said, like, oh, these guys are class. They're really funny. They're really good. And then it said at the bottom, it said, in these like, quotes, like a little bit of conversation, it said, tis, thoughts. And they said, dot, dot, dot. Interesting. <laughs> and, then the guy, and then the guy wrote, classic tis. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, where's this? I need to read these reviews. Oh, it's on the US iTunes store, that oh. one. How do I get onto these different iStores? Just type it, just go on iTunes. iStores? <laughs> wow, I just you really that. have lost track of technology. Autonomously. How do I get a freeze? iStores. How do I get? I forgot. So the Lewis one was saying, 3rd of Feb, whoa, wow, and ha ha, five stars. Brilliant banter between friends whilst chatting about all sorts of mysterious subjects. Every episode has the right mix of interesting accounts, deep theory, and laugh out loud reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still loving that review. <laughs> so I'll click United States. I love that review though. What classic test? Yeah. Yeah, I can believe it. Well, I didn't realise that that's what I'm like. I was at airport when I found this out and it really made me laugh. I find it quite funny because you guys say that and it's like classic me, but I never realised that I do it. Uh, sadly, two stars. That was the bad review. It was the first review we ever got, and it was in October 2015, so we must have only had, like, three episodes. Ooh. As an Gosh. avid listener of alternative and esoteric topics, I'm constantly looking for new shows in this vein. Pros. These guys attempted to speak on topics that interested them and had the energy to make a podcast. Cons. <laughs> that is such a, Listen to a pro is just what we did. Cons. Everything else about the show. Oh! No Research, most info read from Yahoo Answers, Christian Bent that overwhelms the ability to take anything you guys say seriously. When I pray over people that have demons, sometimes they get really violent, in quotes, and that's it. Then, a couple of days later, which one is it? (laughs) He comes back. It might be. (laughs) It's this one. These dudes are fantastic. Each topic is approached with good humour and an honest, fair shot. In regards to another review, of the three hosts, only one is Christian. I generally can't stand organised religion, but he brings it up as irrelevant as, as relevant and never gets preachy. Good job on that. I appreciate the perspective. They aren't experts and never claim to be. I think that's rather the point. It makes the show fun, and the few times they get something outright wrong, they address it in follow-up shows, encouraging listeners to contribute with corrections. In short, I'll keep listening because of the wide variety of topics, open discussion, and good humour. Good stuff. It sounds like you wrote that review. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds exactly how you'd respond to it. Just like, we don't know anything. It's starting with, these dudes are fantastic. (laughs) And the the title of his review was Tremendously Open-Minded. Oh. So, yeah, thanks to everyone. I literally can't believe people listen to this show. Yeah, I know. Genuinely, I don't understand it. 
Well researched, fun, and informative. I get it. Keep it up, historical trivia nerds rejoice. You have found a new happy place. I love getting messages from random people just being like, oh, like just chiming in because I, I forget that pe- other people listen to this. I yeah. always forget it. I forget how many other people. Yeah. Because we've got the few sort of regular listeners who we do interact with more commonly. I forget there's like thousands of others. Yeah. Which is weird. It doesn't make any sense. Um, sound quality is great. Having three of them rotate on weekly topics is very interesting. Plus, they have a blog where you can watch the videos they watched and follow the links to the stories they read. They're funny, entertaining, and have hot accents. Hot, hot accents. accents. Thanks, guys. Oh. A-L-S-J-D-J-J-D. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Um, they're mostly good yeah they're good just that dick at the beginning most of the time when I say that's interesting because I'm trying to I'm trying to pull my force into some sort of <laughs> look back to that I like it yeah, five stars I like it I like it five stars I like it Oh, thanks Neil yeah. thanks listeners thanks yeah. to everyone who listens and I'll probably cut a lot of that because it's a bit like gloating gloating not no. really no no we are brilliant and I'm really glad people listen. Well, maybe if you if you send us a nice review, maybe I'll read them out every now and then. Yeah, that's fair. And we might have... Um, like when you get on... Actually, TV, one, you send one your listener a week, we'll review them. Okay. Send us a brief description of what you do, where okay. you live, your hobbies. Listener review of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright, yeah. Do like Desert Island Discs or something. Yeah. All right, okay. Cool. Any other thoughts on Sacred Geometry? So many. It twisted my melon. Yeah, really. Twisted my melon. And then I I really hope that the listeners um, like me pursue it online and just have a little. Well, what I'm going to do is when I do the blog for this week, I'm going to put on that weird Disney cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watch that first. I'll give you a, <laughs> a bit of an overview. Then I'm going to put on the full doc. But I will say, if you want to like watch it along with us. Either wait till we've done the second one to watch the whole doc. Watch it up watch, to 30 minutes. Yeah, watch like the first half an hour, which is basically what we covered. Yeah. But if you do want to watch the whole thing, that's up to you. It's going to be on the blog. Yeah. Uh, Curiosity will probably get the better of them there. Once yeah. they get to the 30 minutes. And they'll forget by the time the next episode. But to be what? fair, like I've watched it five times and I'm still watching it again. So it's not like they'll get bored of listening to it. It's like they'll probably want someone else to be like their take on it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want other people's takes on it. So yeah, I and that's true actually. When understand I understand it. I listen to a lot of podcasts and like if I listen to film podcasts or something sometimes when I've watched a film I love listening to the review episode of that film because mm. I'm like oh I want to know what everyone else thought of that yeah, mm. yeah. if I thought it was shit or if I thought it was great I still like listening what you want to see the of consistencies of what they yeah, thought was yeah, shit people, people like to you know like when I when I saw Fantastic Beasts I went online I was like I need to know that I'm not the only one that thought oh, this I thought was, it was terrible awful. I thought it was awful I still haven't watched it it's awful don't, don't never will don't bother. Bother. never will so if you want to contact us like I said of any of that stuff or to say hi or whatever unexplainableuk at mail.com the blog which I mentioned which I have the videos on weird tales and the unexplainable dot blogspot.com you can find us on facebook.com slash weird tales and the unexplainable dot com and we're also on twitter I'm at bob shoy dot com at martin luke com. Um, and please go and review us on iTunes because it really does help <laughs> and we read them now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we figured out how to yeah. do that and after like over a year of podcasting we figured out uh, it's great though it's yeah. like it's like finding uh, that old photo album in the in the closet and yeah, going yeah. through them yeah, yeah people nice. did care 
Yeah. So yeah, leave some reviews because not only do we like to read it, not in 2015 they didn't. Yeah, but, but do we enjoy reading them? That is the best way to get your podcast out there more because the more good reviews you get, the more iTunes will like put it out on the front. So and we yeah. have been on New and Noteworthy like quite a few times. Um, so you know, get us back out there. Sometimes we get not so new anymore, but uh, we get in what's hot. We get in what's hot sometimes. Yeah. Oh really? Sweet. What's hot? Our accents. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> So next week, like we said, Beef's still going to do an episode. Do you know what you're doing yet? Nah. Beef's got on next week. Then you're going to get the second half of Sacred Geometry. And then I'm going to do an episode. Um, Sounds sexy. I never know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm doing for my next two. Show off. Yeah. Show off, Blast. Two? Yeah. Oh, I know what I'm doing for my next two. Because I want to do the Ocean one, but I don't want to do that next. I know what I'm doing for my next one. Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> no, the Ocean's Part Two. <laughs> um, okay, so. See ya later. Great. Oh, that's good. Um, there's no puns for sacred geometry. Mathematics. See you later. <laughs> it's only uh, perfection, isn't it? Sacred geometry. Puns aren't perfect. Is there such a thing as a perfect pun? Um, Trump is a perfect pun. Yeah. I'm cutting that. I've got to put not so much anti Trump stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Yeah. Until next time. Sacred geometry. Until next time, there's no perfect puns. None. Mm. There is a perfect podcast, though. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? that? One? Our one. I don't know. This one. Apparently. It's perfect. Five stars. I don't think we've had a perfect review yet, have we? Yeah. Have we? Five stars. Probably. Five stars. Five, five stars. Five, reviews are five, five out of five. Yeah, yeah five out of five is perfect. Five, five out of six. Five, five out of five. <laughs> oh. Five is the perfect number. Maybe five out of five is the best. Because five closely gets next to five. What was the thing that's close to five? Fibonacci. Fibonacci. <laughs> Fibonacci. Sounds See like you a... later. Mm, that sounds like an Italian composer. Fibonacci. Right, okay. See you later. Fibonacci. <laughs> See you later. I'm about to say exactly the same one, and it's so lazy because we do the same one all the time. If it's got like that e sound, it's you can't do that anymore. We need to start banning that. Yeah, that's what we said about weird news. <laughs> <laughs> and that's still going. No. <laughs> no, we need weird news. Weird news next week. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Triangles are my favourite shape. Three points where two lines meet. Toe to toe, back to back. Let's go, my love's Let's desolate. You can buy anything on a tea towel. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.